Hello, welcome to Ruminations on Tony's Tall Tales. I'm your host, Anthony Pavlich. Thank you very much for joining me and listening. I am super excited to introduce a very special guest onto the show today. He is a very talented actor, a great writer, and a wonderful friend. Everyone, please uh, welcome Scott Carlisle. Thanks Hi. for joining me today, buddy. <laughs> how are you? Good, how are you? Huh? I'm great, man. Thanks for that. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining today. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, how's your week going? It's good. It's good. Um, a little slow. Every now and then, you know, us writers, we hit our, uh, we don't hit our stride for the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I was kind of like, you're reminding me, um, I think, because I wanted to touch upon this a little bit too, is uh, in the last episode, I, I one of the main topics was um, productivity and and basically this idea um, that really has perpetuated our society is if you're not productive, it's kind of, you're, you're, you're kind of a, I want to say necessarily a failure, but you're not living up to your potential. And I was going to ask you if that's something that you feel uh, a pressure upon yourself, either externally or do you feel it a lot internally, this idea that you have to constantly be producing? I, honestly, I think it's both, actually. I feel it on both ends, both sides, internally and externally. It's, yeah, I mean, what do they, what's the saying in Hollywood? You're only as good as your last thing, whatever, mm. your last project. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of, I mean, I feel pressure on both sides and then I feel it internally. I put a lot of pressure on myself just to like, uh, you know, sit down and do it. And then when I don't do it, it's just like, oh, I did, oh, what a failure today. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's helping. Not, you know, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not the best way to look at things. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, the internal is the worst, I think, because then it's more you know, you know, and you don't really have anybody to blame but yourself too when you're writing. Like if you don't write, no one is forcing you to write, except mm. for yourself. So um, yeah, so it's a tricky balance because yeah, you don't want to be too hard on yourself because obviously there's there's things that happen in life that you know require our attention. Yeah. But then at the same time, like you said, you you want to be consistent enough where you're actually you know doing the work. And it's a, it's a tricky balance to uphold yourself to that standard if, you know, if, if you're constantly being, feeling a sense of pressure instead of a sense of um, drive, I guess, might be the best way to put it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's like getting, when you get in that zone, it's the best feeling. Like, yeah. And if you can continue that zone, like getting into the zone day after day after day after day, it's like. It, it it's yeah, I mean that's the best the best thing for you, but at the same time you can't get in the zone every single day. Every person like if you take a sports analogy, no basketball player or no baseball player is gonna be in the zone every single day. Um, yeah. And they figure out a way to give themselves a break, I think. Like, oh I just didn't have my best game today. Tomorrow I'm gonna come out and kill it or whatever. But yeah. I don't maybe so I'm, that might be a way or a mentality to start kind of taking up. It's all right if you don't, you know, if you don't do it every day. Uh, you try to do it every day, and if something comes up, like family issues or 
other outside work, you know, you got to give yourself a bit of a break. Yeah. Well, awesome. So I wanted to bring you on uh, to to because I feel like you have a, a strong, great sense of story and experience with writing that I think could be very valuable um, insight. And I think it'd be best to give you the opportunity to share a little bit about your background. Uh, how did you get started in the entertainment industry? Well, I oh, so when I was young, I was in the theater in high school, lighting and set design, actually, and then continue that in a college. And I kind of got, I basically got dared into being an actor. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, a teacher of mine, I, well, I wanted to direct. I, I got interested in directing. And we had to act in front of each other at the directing class. So each student directed two other students. Came up. And I got up there as an actor one day, and my teacher was like, oh, you're really good. I, was like, I don't want to be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> To his, I, I'm not sure if it's to his credit or, or or my detriment, but he kept pushing me and kept saying, hey, you got to go out for the play. And I was like, I don't want to go out for the play. And, and he was just like, and, and finally it got to the point where I was just like, if I go out for the play, will you leave me alone? Gotcha. <laughs> he, said, he said, yes, go off and audition for this play. And if you don't get I will leave you alone. And uh, yeah, I got the lead in that play. Oh, so, nice. So that was, yeah. So then once that happened, it was like goodbye lighting and set design. It was all like, oh, I'm going to be an actor. So, so that's what I did. So then after college, I went to New York and I was in a theater company, a couple theater companies actually up there for a few, uh, uh, probably five, five to seven, seven years, about seven years. I was living in New York, acting in theater and doing like little short films and stuff. I got my SAG card out of doing the short films there. And then I ran into this great woman named Elaine Aldaffer, who was the head casting director at Playwrights Horizons in New York, which is a big, yeah, big off-Broadway theater. Yeah. And she was like, you should go to grad school for acting. <laughs> and I was like, eh, same thing. I don't want to go to grad school. Yeah. And she basically said the same thing as, uh, oh, the teacher... Back in college, was his name was Tom Arthur. He was a great guy um, at James Madison University. And he, uh, so Elaine was like, "All right, your recommendations, just apply." Oh wow! And so I was like, "All right." I'll, she was like, "Well, just apply to Harvard, Yale, and, and uh, UCLA. If you get into any of those three, three you go." And so uh, I got into UCLA. So nice. I moved out here to Los Angeles, and I was got my master's in acting. And I met uh, a great guy named Gordon Hunt, um, who was also your teacher, great guy. Um, and he got me started in video games, uh, doing motion capture for video games. So I did like Ace Combat, and I did some stuff for Uncharted. And um, yeah, recent, most recent, I think, was the Avengers, uh, Mar uh, Marvel's Avengers. So, yeah. Um, and then, and I, and then. It, but also in college, I also, uh, along with wanting to direct, I also took a, a playwriting class um, and uh, by this guy, Roger Hall, who actually has a good book called um, Writing. It's just Writing Your First Play by Roger Hall. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. And so I started doing that, just kind of fooling around with it. I always liked writing, uh, like in high school and stuff, like creative writing was always the best part of English class and stuff. 
So, um, so yeah, I just started fooling around with that, and then uh, a friend of mine, Trish, she was working as a producer or a development pro- assistant to the development producer at, at Disney. And she had moved out here from New York, too. And she had gone to the USC to producing. I think it's Stark over there. Stark producing. Oh, okay. And she was like, you should write a movie that you can make for under a million dollars that you can star in. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. And so then it was like, I came up with a few ideas, but they were all TV shows. Mm. Never really. I, I mean, I ha- I have come up with ideas for movies obviously over the course of the years but just that i came up with a, a thing that tv show idea and that's how that's really what started me kind of more on the writing path so nice is that so that's that's oh, great it's like it's people you know who get you work but it's also the people who look at you and say oh you should do this and sometimes it's really good to listen to those people even when you're yourself you're not sure about that yeah totally if tom arthur hadn't said you should be an actor you should go for the play he never would have been an actor and if lane oldaffer never said yeah go to grad school i would have never gone to grad school so yeah and a lot of things like that has happened in my life, which is funny thinking about right now. Yeah, true. Friends and things saying, you should do this or you should do that. And I'm always like, eh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but no, so that's interesting because you, so you never, it wasn't, writing wasn't even something that where you were thinking about it like at a very young age where it's like, I want to be a writer. It more happened to be more happenstance through your, um, your acting career. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, I, I want. I, I enjoyed, like I said in high school, like the creative writing and stuff. But I never thought it was going to be a career. My, yeah. I think one of the big things was that my dad was a, uh, in construction, so that was what led me to lighting and set. One of my friends was in the theater, and so then it was like, oh, why don't you come and help us build the sets and stuff? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that got me. My friend got me started in the theater, and then knowing that I could build things. Nice. And so that's how that kind of started. So then you you talked about directing being something that really drew drew you in. Did you still find that the case now that you've had kind of experience with both sides of that as as along with with acting and writing now? Yeah, I still, there's a part of me that would really love to direct Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to I I went I went to a lot of schools. Yeah. <laughs> the new school for the a certificate in directing and cinematography. In between going from undergrad and grad school, I also did a year and a half at the new school in New York, and I'm still part of there. Oh wow! Yeah. Um. So yeah, and and then I wrote. I got to write shorts. I, I did two shorts there, and then kind of worked on some other like others helped other student projects too um so that was so yeah so that's i also yeah that's really kind of too where my like i guess my screenwriting started obviously there yeah you were right shooting stuff um, so what's interesting is then do you think 
it has helped inform like having i you know i've obviously got my own perspective on it but for you did you feel that directing and acting help give you uh, a different sense of of perspective on writing yeah for sure like in a way it almost makes it a little easier i would say other than you know getting a look back like you're staring at a blank page <laughs> um, but it made all oh, that blank page <laughs> a terrible concept i think all pages just start with words on them already and then you can just keep going to <laughs> yeah you can just rearrange them <laughs> yeah. oh that would be helpful um yeah that really would <laughs> Yeah, I think it because uh, going to the on the directing side and the cinematography side, I have a real visual sense of what scenes should look like. Mm, yeah, action-wise, and where to cut, like in my mind, where to cut and where, you know, or yeah, where to cut and what would jump to the next, where would the next camera angle be, and where would the next shot be, and what, what even down to like what the sound, you know, what sounds going on, like music-wise and the sound, like um, ambient noise and things like that, down that you can write, you know, as your action line, which helps writing your actions when you're writing. Um, and then I have a lot of, uh, you know, you have that, that kind of white space in between your actions where you change your, that would be kind of a change of camera. A lot yeah. And so that helps me break things. Knowing how things would change helps break that down for me, writing wise. And then on the acting side, doing with the dialogue and character motivations and uh, what they want, where they're going, and what they're hiding from the world, and what they're showing to the world, like that all, that all helps greatly, just all having all that acting training. Yeah, and that's what I got the sense of from you. Uh, as you mentioned, we we met in uh, um, the Gordon Hunt acting class, and I got a sense of that from you because you started writing, you know, uh, monologues and scenes, and you would bring them into class, and it just seemed like they were a lot more. Uh, just seemed personal, like there was like pers- personable. But I think more of that aspect that you were talking about, you got a sense of, uh, of, of a real character and what they were, you know, uh, the intention, the obstacle that they are, they are surrounded by. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks. And yeah, I think, I mean, that's the most important thing. I think when you're, they need the, they need some, they, their intentions have to run up against obstacles. Yeah. Well, that, because that's create, that, that creates the tension that, that creates the drama. You know, yeah. the drama is them going after something that what they want, but they are denied that want. <laughs> that's what we want to see as an audience, uh, see them overcome those obstacles uh, and, and in a sense root for them. Yeah. And then a lot of, because a lot of times, you know, the, your character either doesn't get what they want or they go through a process of evolution that changes them. So maybe the thing that they wanted in the beginning was different than what they ultimately got to at the end. Yeah. That's, yeah, which that's... makes for a compelling story. Yeah, totally. Um, so, then, I mean, we kind of talked a little bit. I mean, we've always touched a little bit on uh, the challenges 
one faces with, with writing specifically that blank page and how daunting that can be. Uh, what what specific challenges do you come across when you're sitting down to try to create something from nothing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that a bit the other day, and I was like, sometimes I'm writing something, and like I have this story, a loose story based. It has elements of a fugitive in it, mm-hmm. and I'm writing that, and all of a sudden I'm like. Oh, you know what? This would make a really good story. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, and then I just start. I, I'll go off on tangents, thinking about, oh, well, this character would. It would be amazing to watch this character do this and blah blah blah. But that would be a whole new, different pilot or a new movie or whatever. And it's like, focus. <laughs> you, yeah. Like, it's, it's t- like, and I have. That's the thing. Like. I was thinking, like, one of the things I have trouble starting a new project is because I think of all these ideas and I have a little notebook that I write my ideas down in, and then I'm like, like, oh, I'm gonna work on this one uh, that I just, you know, that I thought of recently. But then I'll go be like, oh, well, what about that story I thought of a while ago that I never wrote? Yeah. On that one. Yeah. Or maybe, or maybe that other one. Now, what about this one? And then it's like, uh, you can pick something. <laughs> Yeah. So it's yeah. It, I, I, there's a level of excitement, I guess I need, in a way, um, as well. And sometimes that excitement comes from things that I thought about a while ago, or something. Sometimes that you know, it's oh, this is brand new, and that's this is exciting. I'm gonna try this, thing. and yeah. It, it's chaotic, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, so trying to trying to wrangle the ideas, but focus on you know maybe one particular thing at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder too. Like I, I think I struggle with that as well in the sense that I constantly, I think just more more mine is just focus being being singular and just more disciplined then I, uh, I feel that I'm not, <laughs> but I definitely feel like, yeah, I've got all these ideas and some days I feel, yeah, drawn to other ideas more than maybe the one I'm particularly working on at that time. Uh, it's very interesting. I wonder if other writers, if that's something that, because when I listen to other writers, sometimes I don't actually hear that specific challenge i'm wondering if it's the same for other writers too where they they have to to rein in the the amount of imaginative ideas that <laughs> float around the head <laughs> no, no i i think maybe for people who don't have professional deadlines maybe that's a problem that's mm. myself i got, don't have a professional deadline but I have friends who are like, they've been hired to do a project or they have told their agent or whatever that I'm going to get this spec script into you by blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, so they have to do, they, you know, they pitch their idea to someone and then they have to do that idea. It's not like 
they could be thinking like we are like oh i have this idea and this idea which yeah. one do choose they've been told this is the one that we want you to do so that's where things also come into play for me because i'm like there's a part of me that's like well, i want to write something that people are going to want to buy or people are going to want to produce mm. and then like as i'm writing something another idea pops in my head i'm like oh is that idea better than the one i'm doing now gotcha which is you know it's um I actually there was a there's a really great master class with uh Walter uh yeah Walter Mosley mm-hmm. and he he's a prolific writer he has written tons and tons of books and he said so he, and I try to follow this but it's difficult how, you know how my brain works is to just write for yourself um and he is he doesn't tell his I guess, well, I met, he must have been a publisher at some point, what his book is about, but he just writes for himself. He, uh, and I'm like, oh, that's, and I've heard that a few times, too, even like he's professional, I think Margaret Atwood even mentioned that, too. Like, just write what you, for yourself, it doesn't, you know. Interesting. Worry about the other aspects of things. You're enjoying it, other people will probably enjoy it, too. Yeah, and I mean, we've, I feel like you and I have talked about, you know, a little bit of this because uh, we have, we have our standing, like a while, a long time ago, you and I set like a standing call, like a check in every week. Yeah. And I think, and, I, and the idea was great, and I think it's still great. I think what's really, what's really funny is that you and I are very similar. And I think our check in has really just turned into like a, a weekly chat. <laughs> I think the, the check-in, I think we, we do very well with uh, keeping each other um, on task. Uh, to your point earlier about, you know, maybe helping with a deadline because we we don't, we, we're not facing any sort of deadline to, to write. Um, so it was, a, it was a way for us to kind of help, you know, each other keep, keep on task. But... Um, but we've talked a lot. I think a lot of times our, our discussions fall into very phil- philosophical and we, we talk about challenges that we face and, you know, what we've tried to do and what other things that resources that we've used to try to get over those challenges and obstacles. And one of the things I think we were talking about recently is this idea about focusing on the story itself as opposed to any sort of other external factors, you know, like you had mentioned with, you know, writing for an audience or writing for a specific goal of something to be produced or to be made into whatever it would be made into and really just focus on, well, what is the story? What is the story? What is, what is the voice that's trying to come out of this story? Yeah. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Uh, Cause I know you'd mentioned that masterclass before. And yeah. That one I felt was real, like what he was saying was just like, like simple yeah. for new writers to follow. Like without putting them as like, you have to do this. Yes. Were like suggestions and uh, like, it, and it was more about, hey, you write 
for yourself. Enjoy what you're writing. If it never gets sold, it never gets sold. But most likely, if you're enjoying it, and you know, and somebody notices it, and they'll enjoy it too. Yeah, so that was really good. And he, we've mentioned this before to each other too. Just he was the one, I, and I had heard this before, but he was. Uh, he also mentioned writing a thousand words a day, which is two pages. He's he's writing novels, so that's just two pages, two pages a day. And I kind of translated that into like four pages first. If you're doing a pilot or a screenplay, because mm-hmm. um, at four pages, if you're writing a pilot, that's two weeks. It's fourteen days. Oh wow! It turns into fifty-eight pages or something. It's, yeah. So it's. That's you could write two pilots or or a 120 page screenplay in a month. Yeah, if you're like if you're actually doing it every day, doing it right, and that's the, I mean that's the thing you can do it every day. <laughs> yeah, and I that we've talked about that where it's like it's not it's not so much the process of well I mean there's aspects of the process of writing that that are difficult but fundamentally it's not. Because you're just putting words together, and like you said, simply you do two pages at the end of a small period of time, which is really relative in in the grand scheme, that you can create something. You know, you can create a full, completed work. And it's that showing up, that being consistent where you're just, you're showing up to do those two pages every day is, is I think, the most daunting, the most difficult aspect of, of the process. So how would you describe your process? If are you still like, for me, I, I still feel like I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. But you've, you've listened to a lot of writers and authors and describe their process. And I think you and I have discussed like everybody has a completely different process, but what they keep saying over and over is the same things. So how would you describe your own process? The first word that comes to mind is inconsistent. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but when I am, let's focus on when I am. Yeah. <laughs> let's focus on that. <laughs> so when I am consistent, I am trying to write those. I, I, when I, yeah, I would get up. So what I did, like get up in the morning, whatever I have to do. And then I, I block out like, like two to, depending on how, I give myself up to three hours, but I try to like make it closer to two. So I'm basically writing like a page an hour. Gotcha. Or a or like or in a screenplay, two page, two pages an hour. And so, it, so to meet that kind of yeah, that, that thousand words a day kind of thing. Um. Yeah, and I would. So when I am consistent, I'm doing that every day or like, or every other day, like when I get in a rhythm, um, cause like you said, things come up, you can't, yeah. you have to make a living, yeah. <laughs> get work, you do things. Um, or take the dog out. <laughs> take the dog out. Well, that's the thing too. I, I always am notorious with you. We talked about this, how I'm a night owl and I'm trying to get better at being a yeah. night owl. When I do get up earlier, I do the writing before lunch and before taking the dog out. Yeah. So it's like from 
10 to 12 or whatever is my work hour, you know, kind of thing. Get up, do my stuff in the morning, whatever, whatever, you know, hang out with my wife for a little while. Then I write for like two, those two hours. And then it's like, and when you think about it, that's not asking too much. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I'm working for two hours. Um, and then the rest of the day is mine. But it's still, it's like, it's yeah, looking at that paint and going, what do I want to write about? And what am I going to, what story am I going to tell today? I think that the most difficult thing is starting the story. Mm. Once you start it, you can go, you write your few pages. It's like, oh, I have something down. Maybe it's not any good, or maybe it's, you know, I shouldn't say maybe it's not any good, but maybe it's not where you want it to be. But yeah, at least it you have those two pages, and then like what I do is I read over those two pages and to remind me where I'm going with this story, and then and and any latent editing things that need like if i just why does this sentence not make any sense you know kind of thing um those things i corrected but then you then i just keep moving on um and then go back when the whole thing is done and read over it and fix all you know then you do a bigger edit Um, and then uh yeah and then you know, your revisions and everything. And I always liked what Margaret Atwood said about revisions. It's revisions. <laughs> re-envision it. You know, it's not necessarily, a, you know, uh, yeah, it's, you're looking at the story from another like perspective and trying to forget, like, that's another thing. I can try to, when I write something, I'll put it away for like a month. Yeah. And just say, uh, I'm going to forget about this. Not gonna bother with this. Just gonna put it away, and then I'm gonna read it and see what it sounds like. See if I still like it. See what changes I want to make. Um, and I think that's helpful. I think that's really helpful. Like give your give yourself a break from it. Think of something else to think of another story, or if you're like trying to burn out, just you know take a break for a, couple, a little while. Yeah. And then and, and do you break out, do you do the traditional where you, you do your outline first, or maybe you do your synopsis, do your, your outline, and then you start writing? Or do you kind of do piecemeal, like you take little sections and break those out? Because, yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of times, you know, some, some writers can do it straight through in terms of they can they can go chronologically. They can start from the beginning and at the end. Sometimes you're in the middle. Sometimes you start with the ending. Yeah, how do you feel like it happens for you? I, for me, I usually go in. I usually go in order. I think that works the best for me. But I, um, yeah, you, yeah, I usually go in order. And then I usually, I usually do a treatment. I would say most of the time beforehand. Mm, okay. I just write out like a, a like a page, a page and a half kind of. This is, this is the, I usually, I usually know the beginning of my story and the end of my story. Cool. I know what I want to say with it. It's just filling in the middle a lot of the time. Like I, I have a good sense of where 
my stories start. Like I always, that's the first thing I usually come up with without an issue is, and when I think of us, like, uh, you know, my imagination takes over, it's that first scene. Gotcha. And then I know, okay, well, this is a story about, you know, this, he goes, this guy goes on an adventure and he's, ship sinks or whatever and he ends up on an island and then he gets rescued so i know the and like i know the inciting incident kind of thing is ship sinks and he ends up on an island and then i know he gets rescued or i know he doesn't get rescued because you know, aliens attack or something i don't know yeah and the whole world changes um but and i yeah and it's like what and what am i trying to say with that like why is he what type of person is he that like needs to grow by being trapped on an island, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and what is the completion of that growth? Is, you know, learning that he, he uh, can survive on his own if he really needs to or whatever. And then he gets rescued and it's like, okay, he's learned his lesson and he's safe. Cool. And do you, do you find that it's changed dramatically from when you started writing or is it still very similar? I think it's, I think it's pretty, I still, it's similar. I think I always, yeah, there's some, there's some, I can always come up with that first scene and I know where you like how it's going to end. It's just filling in the, those other little connecting dots. Problematic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it, it, not not awesome that you're stuck <laughs> with the problems, but that you you have such a strong sense of that 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 beginning image. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's that kind I, of propels I you. I think stuck sometimes is the best thing that happens. Hmm you get stuck and you're like, how am I going to get there? Like, what was I doing with this? Where was I going? What's happening? And then it's like, and you rack your brain and you rack your brain and then something pops in and it takes the story in a totally different direction. And it's not the story you think it's going to be. And it's not yeah. the story you thought it was, you know, had designed in your mind, but sometimes it turns out better. So, yeah, I don't look at I don't really look at it as getting stuck so much. I look at it as maybe something, this isn't hitting home with me as it, I thought it was going to. Or maybe it's, you know, it, so this might lead me in a different direction kind of thing. Like, yeah, I don't really consider it being stuck because then I think you get bogged down in your mind. Like, oh, I, I'm, this story's not going anywhere. But there's always something you can do with your story to take it either, it, I think, yeah, it, to take it in a new, new direction. And I think people, one of the things, too, people get stuck on is they say, like I just said, I have a beginning and I have an ending. And I got to match those things up. But sometimes when you get stuck and it goes in a direction, you, you got to forget about that ending that you originally thought of. Interesting. Let it go. Um, and it might, you know, a lot of times it's a better story anyway. So then do you do you ever feel a sense of writer's block then? Or do you feel 
that you've gone to a comfortable place where you're able to overcome that a lot easier than other writers. Yeah, I don't really sense, I don't look at it like I get stuck. And I have, my writers, if anything you could consider writer's block would be at the beginning. Because it's like, like I was saying, what do I want to write and where do I want to go mm. and getting that start and getting those first couple of pages started is where yeah. I have trouble. Once I get going, it's like, oh, I, you know, that, yeah, once I get going, I don't get, uh, I get, I get, you know, like we're saying, I get stuck a little, but I, it never blocked. I'm not like, I haven't written, I can't write for days or weeks. Or yeah. I'm not like that. I get like, I, I sit there. I, I guess that's one of the things about me as a person too, uh, which drives my wife insane is that <laughs> I, if I start something like if it's, if it's like building a piece of Ikea furniture, I don't stop until it's done. <laughs> Even if like, if I start at 9am and I've been building this thing since nine and it's midnight it's getting done that day. And, yeah. And I mean, there's day, like I, like when I was a set designer doing sets and stuff and building the sets for myself, there were times I would just like, I have to get this, you know, the show opens in like two days and the parts didn't come in or whatever, you know, I have to get this. Like I wouldn't eat. I just, like I get, I'd have like, yeah, I mean, I'd have a little snack or something, but I would just be there from the morning until, you know, the night. And I would, I would crash out for like three days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So that's kind of my, in my way, my personality though, too. Like if it's, it's getting finished, it might take me years to get it finished. Who knows? But it's getting finished and I'm not going to stop until it gets finished. Yeah. And it's interesting because I, I think we've talked about this uh, a long time ago where that's part of, you know, the similarity in our personalities is that like the completion in it, the completion is something that we really focus in on because it drives us nuts if it's sitting there, you know, if we haven't been able to cross that off our list. But f at least for me, when it comes to writing, for whatever reason, I, I lose that tenacity where uh, I'll, I'll be writing something, but then I just, I'm, I'm not as tenacious where it's like, this thing is like, okay, how do I, how do I break through? Like, I'll be sitting there. I just, I kind of very quickly just redirect my attention to something else. And it drives me up the wall because I don't know why, because like you said, something as simple as, you know, uh, maybe my, my shelves are disorganized. It will drive me nuts if I don't sit there and, and just pull everything out and reorganize it. And I will spend hours doing that nonstop, but I can't translate that over to the writing process a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, I, I, that, that is true. Like in the writing, it's different because you're creating something on from scratch, I think. And with the shelf being all out of place, that's a, tangible thing that you can yes. control and do but with writing it's something that's popping out of your brain um so that's tough like that fugitive thing like, like this is the kind of story i've been working i've been working on that for years yeah and i haven't i wrote i wrote the initial thing i wrote about i think i wrote about 50 pages 
think it's like 50, no, 50. It's, yeah, right around 50 pages. It has an any, and I'm just, it, it, the whole thing is there. It's just, I'm not satisfied with it, satisfied with it. And I keep coming back to it like every now and then. Like, yeah. No, we want to fix this. I don't like this. Now, why would the characters do this? All these things. But it's like, I still haven't given up on it. It's just taken a lot longer. Yeah. And yeah. That's thing. Even some treatments I've written, just I've written some treatments and they just, they, these things, like something will pop in my head and I'll be like, oh, that'd be great for this. Yeah. Thing that I was working on. And they, these little, they keep popping up and coming in. And like, it's like, it only stops when it's finished. <laughs> uh, I, I was, uh, you, you got to read one of the pilots that I, I wrote with, with another friend of ours. And to be, like the pilot itself to me, I'm like, that story's done. I can put that to rest. We're still working on a show Bible for it. Yeah. But like, I'm like, I completed it. It's done. I'm going to put it to the side. Now I don't have to think about it. <laughs> like, wow. um, now I think we're going to make a few changes based on what we've been doing with the show Bible, which is great to go back and fix some things to make the overall story better. Um, but it's like okay i finished it there was a time when i was like oh my gosh i finished it it's done and it's like okay now what because i completed this task yeah. which is a good it's a great feeling and it's like all right i put my ikea furniture together now <laughs> now what do i do i have my west elm furniture i gotta put together what I, or, or, I love it. I love that idea. Just consider it as uh, IKEA furniture. The writing, maybe, maybe that's that's another trick I'll try to throw into the toolbox to see if that will help. It can't hurt, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, dear listeners, this is a great uh, opportunity for t- to take a quick break. Uh, please, uh, as we listen to just a brief message from one of our uh, sponsors, we'll be right back. We know you've been scared watching horror movies by yourself. Well, now you don't have to. Hang out with Ruminations of Redrum. All things horror, from movies to the latest spooky games we've played. Come hang out. But hurry. The killer's behind you! All right, dear listeners, we are back. We've been uh, discussing uh, probably more of the challenges with writing (laughs) than than the joy. With uh, with our very special guest Scott, um, and we were talking about the the, the main, I think basically the main the main gist we can take out of this whole thing is to start looking at writing as IKEA furniture. That must be <laughs> that must be wrangled and and uh, put together. So I'm gonna <laughs> definitely try to do that. And it's actually not a bad analogy because it's a lot not. Of- <laughs> you don't have the right parts because the people at the factory didn't put them in right or <laughs> yep i'm missing a screw <laughs> this stupid allen wrench that i'm supposed to be able to well the the instructions they're yeah. they're just pictures and they're not making a lot of sense am i supposed to rotate this like which way am i supposed to rotate this <laughs> yep oh my gosh but yeah i think there's there was an aspect of it that you mentioned that i've really tried to gravitate towards because it's it i think it's the big hang up for me is the tangible you know it's it's an idea too that i've talked about on the show here that it, it's such a daunting pursuit i think because it, it it does take a long time. I think writing is one of those odd um, things where 
you're not seeing immediate tangible results from it. Because again, you can have pieces of it. You know, I can have like five pages done here. I might have a scene written out here. I might have an idea blocked out uh, for the ending over here, but it's hard to see in its totality until it's completed. And you don't get a real, at least I don't get a strong sense of, of the immediacy of its tangibility uh, right off the bat until you know, you've actually got something written fully. Um, so I, I feel it's hard for me to, to grapple with it in that, that respect because of, uh, you know, I just, I'm, I think also you and I have talked about it. I just, I'm too impatient and I want everything now and I, or I want to get everything completed so fast and so quickly that, that writing, it, it's a slow, it's a slow burn. <laughs> you got to let it simmer, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It, and we've talked about this too about how, like, uh, you know, in the end, is it going to be worth it? Yeah, and I think you and I we struggle with that a lot because we, we again, I think it's probably the tan. I don't know what it is about our personalities, but it's the tangibility of of having something, you know, some result, you know, or some. Yeah some evidence that you can say, okay, I did this, but not only that, but feel like you're going to get something out of it, you know? And yeah, I just, and I think it goes back to what you mentioned earlier of, of just writing for yourself and not, and not worrying so much about the outcome or any perceived reward from it. But the fact that, you know, allowing the voice to just be, you know, come out, you know, whether it's heard by not or not by others, it's really should not be the focus, you know, because I, yeah, obviously I, everybody would like to be, <laughs> to hurt, be heard and, you know, to, to have this, you know, whatever success you think looks like uh, come out of it. But if you're doing it because it brings you joy, I think that might be a good, good um avenue to pursue uh for why you should write which is interesting because i wanted to ask you what you, you talked about in the beginning about being drawn to directing and coming through acting uh that way um but what is it about writing that keeps drawing you back to it even though you you find challenges with it the pain <laughs> <laughs> you just love it <laughs> Scott, tell us, tell us. <laughs> You're on the couch. <laughs> what was your relationship with your mother? <laughs> Pain. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I, it's not obvious. No, it's not the pain. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it, it's just a chance to, like, Tell it like I mean it's simply telling you get to choose your imagination. Um, there's nothing holding you back, other than I mean other than myself. Like when I look at a piece of paper, there's nothing holding me back. There's not there's nothing that says I can't do this on my own. Like with acting, everything is I have to audition for these people, and they have to judge me basically. Yeah, whether and, you fit that part or not. Yeah, and then I will get the job. Yeah. With writing, I already have the job. 
Like it's my it's my thing. Like I don't have to. I guess I'm not really saying this clear, but like in acting, you're always dependent on somebody else. Yeah. In writing, you're not dependent on anybody else. In writing, if if I write a book, screenplays and like pilots and things are different because you got to get seen. Those got to get seen. But say if you just love writing, and because there's book ideas I've come up with too that I mm-hmm. had too many ideas, um, and yeah. but you can self-publish those ideas. Yeah. You can do a lot of things, even with uh, screenwriting and stuff. You can put your things on the blacklist. As a, uh, I, I think it's still pre- like a good resource at this point. Um, it's I don't know if I think I've, we've talked about it. The blacklist it's like a website that a lot of screenwriters put their things on uh, their work on that haven't gotten made. Yeah, um, but they're mostly spec scripts. Like yeah, Jojo Rabbit won the blacklist in two thousand and eight. It took him all those years to get it made, something like that. I think it took him eight years because no, he was nobody knew who who he was, and well, also the material too. Like, yeah, and there, the material, that's no way this is going to get made. But then yeah. you know, it, it's new it, it. <laughs> <That's a> story. <laughs> yeah, new story. Like that's not going to get made. Like, but there, you, they could when he won, you could see all the talent there, and yeah, and his process and everything. And, that's, I think that's, if I recall the story correctly, that's what got him noticed. And then they were like, then, it was, and he did the, what we do in the shadows and things like that. After, after, I believe it's after Jojo Rabbit. He wrote Jojo Rabbit. He wrote the other ones. If I remember, uh, don't quote me on that. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a re- like you can do these things to put your work out there more so than you can as an actor. Like an actor, you you know, you put your picture out there, and maybe a reel, and somebody says, "All right, yeah, he might be right for this part." And then you got to audition, then you got to audition again, and then you got to audition again for producer. Then it's like a lot of with the writing, you have more outlets to express yourself creatively. Yeah people being involved so much well that's what's interesting because it goes at least for me i i find what drives me most is that primal urge to create and i think it's it's i I don't necessarily think it's like me but subconsciously there's this desire to to just create something that will live beyond me beyond live beyond my time here Mm -hmm. um but it's interesting because if I think about that and say, okay, if this is the, the the reason that draws me to write, why can't I be at it more consistently? Like, what, why, why don't I feel the urgency of that desire um, more strongly? And I feel so sometimes just flippant about it, where I, I don't I don't pursue it with again the tenacity that I will other things that seem so trivial. Because it's easier to do other stuff. <laughs> That's and, true, man. It really is. Because, like you said, and and I've tried to I th- I've tried to think about this a lot, you know. And I think we've had some conversations about it. Like, what is it that what it what it what is the fear? Is it the fear of failure? Is it a fear of not being good enough, or thinking that 
it's not going to have any sort of reward at the end. It's just, it drives me up the wall every time when I try to think about it and try to break it down because, you know, like you said, I, I too have all these ideas that are just like pinging around in my head or I've got, you know, books uh, or notebooks of stuff that I've jotted down things and images and, uh, and ideas and words. And it's like, there's, there's enough stuff, <laughs> you know, even if I just did the stuff that I have like noted, I could be probably good the rest of my life writing. Um, but it's just this weird thing of showing up every day, or at least, you know, as, as I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago, day every other day, <laughs> And just putting in the time to bang this stuff out, I, I just don't know why it's such a struggle. I think all, right when you started this, all three of those things you said is why it's a struggle. <laughs> I don't think any day, it's it's either a, one of those things or a combination of one mm. of those things, like from any given, any given day, you know, day to day. So it's yeah how do you overcome those things yeah because it's weird so so if it's a, if it's a fear of failure i mean let's break that down let's say okay we'll start with number one fear of failure uh that means what that means uh i'm afraid that i'm gonna fail at writing a good story or what's your thought on that like what does that mean to you i think it that is that one is more of an external one for me. The feel of failure is that no one else is going to like what I'm writing. Mm. For me. Like, I'm going to fail. Somebody's going to read it and be like, oh, God, why is he writing? <laughs> ah. That's. Okay. It's more of an external one for me. A lot of. Yeah, that's an external one for me. I don't think I'm going to fail at actually writing the story. I think I might fail in other people's eyes. Ah, interesting. That's that for me. Like, I don't worry so much about. Um, I worry like, oh, is this gonna, I worry more about this. Is somebody gonna like this? And that's the thing I have to overcome. I have to get back. I have to get on the Wolf of Mosley. Just write for yourself. Yeah. If somebody sees it. If somebody doesn't see it, if they like it or they don't like it. But, but yeah, that fear of failure is an external one. Interesting. And then what other ones we said fear of? Um, well, I think one of them was fear of what, whether it be good enough or. Yeah, that's probably oh, I, I completely forgot the other ones we said. <laughs> Roll the tape back. <laughs> is this is this analog? Can we rewind? Yeah, can we just rewind? Um, oh, shoot. I'm trying to remember now. Fear of failure. Fear of. Oh, success. I mean, that's a legitimate fear. Fear that it might be successful or like you said, it might. What if people like it? Is that a legitimate fear? Are we fearful of, of it be, being like having success? Yeah, I think that's a, a legitimate fear for a lot of people. I don't for me personally, I don't feel that because I would like something to succeed so that I'm not just sitting at my computer all day by myself. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I have that goal in my head of also directing and show running one day. Yeah. So for me, like the writing has to succeed so I can get to that next level. 
But what about this idea that, and I feel it comes up with a lot of creative people. I don't know if I'm so susceptible to it because I have just a weird confidence in just myself. Um, but I feel like a lot of creative uh, uh, talent and people, they have uh, that fraud, the uh, uh, feeling of being a fraud that they, what is it, the imposter syndrome, right? And success for them is is a big fear because then they feel like they're going to be, they have to continue to produce. And if they're worried that if they keep producing, somebody's going to figure out that they're actually just an impersonator. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I am for it. I don't know how to speak to that one because I don't really, I, ho- I hope they find out I'm a fraud. like like, please please someone find out that maybe i'm not as good as like you thought i was originally (laughs) that means i may you know i've done something like i've gotten something successfully made and then the rest might be crap but i you know but do you do you worry that a little bit is like i wonder if a little bit for me is is i am worried about that people aren't gonna like what i write maybe 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 i feel like i'm too confident in my own potential that i'm worried that people are gonna say no that isn't good enough or you're just you're me you are mediocre and you're not as great as you think you are yeah i don't maybe that's why i don't want to succeed it's a failure like what you're describing like or they is that the same thing almost? Yeah, it's I, I'm I'm kinda wondering if it's it's a if it's a little bit of both or if it's mm-hmm. it is one or the other. Yeah. It's interesting. Because yeah. I you know, I grapple with it because again, it, it goes back to the thing if if there's so many stories that I wanna write, then why why am I fearful of writing them? You know, what is it of what is it about whatever I unconsciously am worried about will come about if I actually build something out. And that's, I, I, I try, I've been really, I've been trying to dig down into that to find out what the root of that is, because I don't, God, I mean, I just, I just turned 40, man. Like, <laughs> I don't, I've spent a lot of time already, I think, just goofing around. And I, I don't want to spend the next 40 not, go, you know, goofing around. You know, I want to get at least some of this stuff out. Yeah, that's, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just think, you, I mean, you just listening to you say it out loud is like, oh, yeah, well, no wonder we're struggling sometimes with our writing. It's because we don't want the next 40 years of our lives to be the same as they were the last 40 years. Yeah. A lot of pressure to put on yourself. Yeah, That's it really, it really is. And again, I wonder if it's that pressure to, you know, trying to find that right balance of, of, uh, honestly expressing yourself as Bruce Lee famously said, and then not being so dictatorial or, or, or having a, you know, be very, you know, hard on yourself for having to produce 24 seven, you know, like if you don't produce 24, if you're not constantly, you know, if you're not like one of these, the, the social media age that we're in where it's like, you constantly have to produce content or you'll lose your, your viewership or, 
you know, your, your viewership is expecting daily drops. <laughs> it's like you're constantly fed information 24 seven, then you're, you're not living up to your potential, which I think is just, it's absurd because I think you can't, you have to have periods of rest and recovery. You can't constantly be on 24 seven. It's just, you'll burn out. No. And I mean, you know how I feel about social media. I just want to yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> Mel and I, I won't say the name of the show, but we were watching a re like a reality competition kind of thing last night. Yeah. The person came on and they were like, uh, it's, uh, they were like, I'm an influencer. I was just like, I I'm going to kill this person. <laughs> I mean, I'm an influencer. Yeah, what In influence? Yeah, what do you influence? Exactly is and, that. And really? Is that, is that, what, what is that? What does that mean to influence? Uh, you know, it, it can very quickly turn into a double-edged sword, you know, like, what, what does that, what does that do? What are you doing? Yeah. You know? And it's, it's like, it, what you're talking, it, even when you don't want, like, I hate social media, even though. But there is that part of me that's compare like there's still that thing that you compare yourself to the yeah. other people. Yeah. It, like, no, 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 I don't need to compare myself. Like, if like, and that's the same in in writing too. You don't need to compare yourself to other writers. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, there's some like, even I like the guy, uh, the author Walter Mosley, who I keep talking about, who I really liked his, I really like his stuff. It's like he writes so many books. If I tried to write like him, uh, I'd fail. Because he, uh, he, like, I think he's written like 60 books, or like a wow. ridiculous amount of books. He's prolific in his writing. And it's like, or like George, I mean, George R. R. Martin hasn't written a book in a while, but he, the books that he does write, if I oh, yeah. Write a 2,000 page. Yeah. Can't compare myself to these guys. These are like guys who've been writing for maybe when I'm their age and there and have been writing for that long, then I can compare myself. But it's not fair to compare yourself starting out like we are to these guys that are so high up. It's like if a screenwriter is trying to compare himself to Aaron Sorkin, it's done already. Yeah. And so and that's yeah, and that's like the influence part. It's like don't compare yourself to these people. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's fake anyway. They got a green screen. Yeah. Screen. Well, it's that whole curated thing. You know, you're only seeing the best parts. You're not seeing any of the um, the ugly bits or the bits when you know it's not so great because that's life. Life has its up and ups and downs. It's not going to be roses and you know sparkling wine all the time. Yeah. You know, you're going to have some yeah. really shitty days. Oh, oh yeah, and the amount of stuff that these, like, I think I told you about Margaret Atwood. She she wrote a hundred, like a hundred pages of a novel, and then just threw it out, right? And she threw it out. She was like, it wasn't right. Yeah, it was not the right thing. Can, can you hear my dog going crazy? Yeah, the delivery happening. <laughs> yep. There's my um, <laughs> but I think that that that's it's so incredible. Here's somebody who is, uh, uh, has skin in the game, you know, like has been doing it and still has 
the courage to throw it out. Yeah. You know, to write that much and still, and then just, okay, it's, it's, and I think, again, it goes back to the thing where focusing on the story instead of some sort of external outcome that I think helps allow you to do that. Because if, if, if you're in service to the story, if you're just a servant to the story, you're a vessel to allow this story to, to come to an existence in existence then you're not so worried about, oh, is this going to sell? Or is, um, you know, am I writing for the right audience? It's like, it's no, it's, this is the story that wants to live and breathe the way it wants to. And you're not trying to, you know, put it in a, you know, box it in a certain way and package it a certain way. Yeah. And when I heard, when she, I heard her say that, I thought that was marvelous. One of the more braver things I've heard of, writer say yeah just nobody ever makes it seem like it's difficult yes they always say oh yeah i wrote this thing and it's just <laughs> blah, blah, blah. she's like i threw it over a hundred pages <laughs> yeah or i think one of the writers said too in the one of the master classes well if you if if you're a writer then you just write and if you love writing then you just write it's like well okay <laughs> like yeah it's totally yeah, it's it is hard because I think it goes back to that thing where you're saying you you have to put effort into it, and yeah. it's it's difficult to put effort into something that I think yeah we don't want to be uncomfortable. I think just just as as human beings, it's built into our DNA, into our our, our psyche that we gravitate towards things that are comfortable because. That is what helps us survive, <laughs> you know, yeah. like dealing with the uncomfortable parts every, every day or every time is it, it puts us in, in, well, you know, our, our lizard brain tells us it puts us in danger, but we know that's not the case because we live a pretty cushed life. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking too, like, so, like when I was acting, all, like, it's the same thing, like with the writer, nobody tells you, you know, how tough it is. You know? Thing and yeah. one of those advices when you're an actor is if you're really like you said that whoever that writer was who said oh you're a writer you write and one of the things as an actor they always say if you're an actor you act you don't have yeah. a fallback plan I'm like yeah that's the worst advice you can ever give to someone because yeah. the honest truth is it's not going to work out for everybody yeah and and I, yeah, it's like, in all honesty, who wants to be a waiter for the rest of their life? Like, find some, find something that you love to do, like writing and acting, and do it. But also realize that there might be a path. You might not make it on that path exactly how you think you are, but you can do it exactly. Because, like that's what I think. Walter Mosley was saying, do it because for yourself, because you love to do it. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But at least you gave it a shot, and you just continue to do it because you love it. But don't go poor. Do like, don't be don't be Van Gogh. Yeah, or don't or, or don't make that the the primary intention. You know, if you're just doing acting just to be famous, if you're doing it for anything other than it's it brings you just joy because you do it then 
the path will open up for you in whatever way it needs to open up for you. But if your driving force is to make money off of it or any, any sort of external, I think that's a great point, is any sort of external um, result or reward from it, then it's, it's, pro- it's going to be a struggle and it's more than likely not going to work out because you, you, you know as well as anybody else, it's, it, in this creative business, anything creative, you're, it's not so dependent on talent. There's a lot of other factors that have to come together for you to have success on the level you think you need to have in order for it to call it a success. Yeah. Because it, it does take, there is, there is a huge luck factor. I think, I think unfortunately we, a lot of, a lot of us overlook the luck factor. A lot of luck has to happen. I mean, you have to still be ready for when it does and you have to be talented enough to, to produce when it shows up, but there's still a lot of luck that has to happen. Yeah. I had a, I can't remember if it was Gordon or another acquisition say that. People be like, you just need to be prepared for when that luck happens. Yes. It's like, okay, I can do that. I mean, it might not, that luck might never come, but if it does, great, you're prepared for it. Like, and that's what the writing, I think, anything creative is about, is just being prepared for when the luck does show up. Yeah. And yeah, it, it could show up tomorrow, it could show up in 45 years, it could show up like after you're gone. Like, yeah. Like the like, who were the was wasn't it Poe or something? Like he was just poor as old, and now he's like one of the biggest poets ever. Oh, one of the yeah, one of yeah. Yeah, storytelling in that, but it's like. But if you're using that process or whatever it is, like you said, if it's giving you joy in those in this moment, then I think that's the most reward. That's the most beneficial reward you could receive from the endeavor. A good point i like that so our homework uh we need to crack this fear i think that's a good it's a good homework point for us is to figure out what we're fearful of and then we keep working on it man <laughs> <laughs> we crack this code so i need to finish the script <laughs> yeah. yeah i need to finish it but i think i think i, I think i lo- i really like that point you brought out right for oneself i'm, I'm going to try and use that over the next several days and weeks and see if if that helps me um helps me you know along yeah there's that thing it's like with acting and everything uh uh the um sorry i was getting a text from my phone. um there's you gotta have a little fun doing it you know yeah you're just doing it like you said to get famous or whatever. That's not. That's not. You're not having fun. You're doing it for selfish, right? Like. Well, yeah, but also to the energy. It's yeah. a joy and love are much more powerful, like forces of energy than you know, yeah. than other other, you know, other ways of doing it because then you know it's, it's universal you know there's it breaks every single language barrier that 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 force that feeling you know is, is a much stronger drive than any of the other qualities yeah cool well there was a couple other questions we can 
in the spirit of fun, yeah. Um, what are some of your favorite, you know, as we close this out, what are some of your favorite authors, writers, and stories? You know, what are the, some of the things that really, you know, move you, inspire you, get you excited that, that kind of, you know, that, that are your beacon? Yeah. I was saying, uh, yeah, I was saying about that. And it was funny. I was like, I have this weird thing for mutant animals. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, some of my favorite stuff growing up was Usagi Ojimbo. Nice. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and like and their worlds interacting like everything. I, I don't know. I was like and and the X Men, I don't know, maybe I like mutants. I don't like but all that stuff like those were always the fun stories for me, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stories and Usagi stories. Like Stan Sakai is just he's Oh my gosh. He is yeah. Crazy. And I don't know if you've been reading some of the newer stuff, but he it's weird. He just he, uh, talk about consistency like that man he writes the comic he draws the comic uh he inks it and it's just he's been doing it for decades now and the level of consistency that he still he's a storyteller and that's the best way of putting it he just still creates these wonderful stories with this world and it's it's pretty incredible you know i i was reading I was rereading the, uh, there's an anthology uh, that came out several years ago, and it's basically the collection of all the Usagi Ujimbo mm. uh, from back when it was uh, on Fantagraphics, Mirage, and uh, uh, Dark Horse. Yeah. And there's a beautiful introduction on the second volume by, um, it might be the second volume or the first one, by um, Stan Lee. And Stan Lee, just hearing Stan Lee basically gush over Stan Sakai and just, you know, his art artistry. It's just, it's incredible, you know, and it, it so it's going to be really interesting with this, um, Yusagi coming to Netflix. What? I'm hope yeah, the, it was announced last year that Yusagi is being made into, uh, an animated show and it's, it's coming to Netflix. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting if they'll be able to translate, obviously, as, uh, Stan Sakai is involved. Uh, I don't know how much involvement. I don't know if he's actually doing some of the writing. Um, that'd be a good thing I'll have to, to follow up on. But um, if they can capture the same essence as as uh, Stan's beautiful work in that series, then I think it's going to be it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know about that. That's... Oh shoot! Yeah, man. That's yeah, awesome. I think I almost want to say it's coming out this fall actually, because it's been in development for a bit. That's cool. He deserves that too. Like, yeah, he's. I met him once at a comic. Forget which one. Like a comic con. Uh -huh. Super nice guy. Signs, signed stuff for me. Did it. Like he was just. He was a cool guy, and it. Uh, I met. It was him and his wife. Nice. Like, it was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah it's 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 incredible too because his series uh, was only in black and white for many, many years. And oh, yeah, only yeah. recently, uh, when he moved over to uh, IDW, they have been doing the issues now in full color. So it's pretty incredible to, to it, it's weird because it's almost like it's re, it's reintroducing Usagi to, to the longtime fans. It's almost like we're getting a completely new book because now we're, we're getting it in color, but then it's also too, it's, it's introducing Usagi to a new generation. You know that have never experienced uh, Usagi before, 
and uh, I think it's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, you tell me. I'm looking forward. Didn't even know. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up because yeah, he's he's one of the top like comic book uh, artists and creators that I follow for a very long time. You saw he's it's still in my pull list to this day. I still pick up issues every month. Uh, still follow it um, regularly, and it's just yeah, it's just a beautiful book. And again, just it, it's great too because it, again, seeing somebody the be that consistent and still just the, the quality that keeps coming out of. But I mean, obviously, again, you know, it's, it's experience, you know, it, you can't get to that point unless you keep doing the work. So, yeah. Are there any other writers and authors that you really enjoy? Yeah. I, like I always like, I grew up on like Roald Dahl. I always loved him and, and Ray Bradbury. I love my four three points probably like my one of my favorite books ever. It's probably my favorite book ever. Um, yeah, it's just you know, it's funny. I'm all these guys. I'm like, wow, they wrote all these people. I'm mentioning they're prolific. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, so it's cool. And then I noticed a little pattern that like a lot of my like the screenplay guys that I like are also directors. So like Michael Mann. I Interesting. Wrote, Frank Darabont, I really like his work. Like, so, yeah. Do you do you find that your your work falls into any specific genre, or do you feel like you dabble in multiple genres? I I think mine is more of a sci-fi kind of genre. Yeah. Fantasy kind of thing. Um, but I also like like. Heat is one of my favorite movies ever. Oh my gosh. Dude, it's incredible. Yeah. So I for a long time I was watching that movie once a week, every week. Oh yeah. For I yeah. think several months. And that reminds me I need I need to watch it again. Cause yeah, just there's I mean, obviously the cast is amazing, but you can tell that how much he put into the writing, you know, you could tell that it's, it's, it was, it was really thought out. Like the intentions are clear. The obstacles are super, uh, formable and, and man, yeah, it's just a solid picture. Man. It's an amazing movie. Just, yeah, simply, I, yeah, I, I used to watch that one all the time. Well, like you probably also. Yeah. It's crazy too, man. Cause like I've I have so I have such um, very interesting um, six degrees to that movie because I met um, Tom Sizemore. I got to uh, act with um, Trejo in a short film, oh, nice. and I swear that I drove past Michael Mann on Wilshire Boulevard one day years ago. That he was on the he was on the phone or he was talking to somebody and I looked over and I'm like that fucking looks like Michael Mann <laughs> like <laughs> oh and then we did a show or we didn't do a show but we went to see a show that um, Al Pacino was in it was one of the first things we saw when uh, I actually was in moved here to Los Angeles and uh, my brother-in-law actually was able to get 
the ticket signed by Al Pacino and I still have it. Um, so I've got all these weird connections to, to the cast members of Heat. Um, yeah, and it just, Michael Mann is like, yeah, my favorite director, I think, of all time. And I just, I've dreamed of you know, one point working with him. Yeah, his movies are just, they're, you know what's interesting, too, is for the longest time, I, was, uh, I didn't like the digital, you know, recording on digital. But as I got older and I understood a little bit more, um, it made a lot more sense. And it makes a lot more sense, too, with uh, with his style, with Michael Mann's style and how he utilized it. I have a much stronger appreciation for it. Yeah. Yeah. Those movies, man. <laughs> and talk about going across different genres. I mean, you look at, like, Last of the Mohicans, man. Like, that movie, oh, my gosh. Incredible. Yeah, 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 it really is, and yeah, and like that's true too with the current Darabon movement. Like he does Shawshank Redemption and he does The Walking Dead. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, like, yeah. So yeah, I guess you just can't like whatever the story. A lot of people say, oh, you you know, you gotta fit in your genre or whatever, but these guys don't fit. No, and the thing is, it's like they, if you have, if you, if you have a story in you that wants to be told and you're willing to put in the effort and the time and the work, then it's going to come out, you know, in, in whatever form it wants to come out. And it, you know, you and I talked about this, I think it was just very recently. It's like, it doesn't, if it's good, it's going to it's going to get noticed in the sense that you're not doing it to get noticed. But if the work is, if, if, if the passion, if, if the work is being made with an authentic intention, if you're making it, I think back to what we were talking about, if you're writing it from a pure state of, of, of joy and of passion and of just this, this drive to like, it just needs to be, you know, birthed into the world then it's going to be received by others, you know, like, because it's going to make, it's good. It's connecting to others on that same level. They're going to, they're going to feel the passion. um, And they're going to feel the love and the care that was, that was put into its creation. I think that's something, something to aspire to. I think if anything we've, we've talked about, it's, it's like, you know, write it, write it from the, that perspective of, of write what you want to write from a perspective of love and joy, you know, don't worry about the outcome. It'll, it'll take care of itself. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, great, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, let's close it off with that last question. Um, what advice would you give your younger self? You know, and it, it doesn't have to be this thing where, you know, if you talk to, to young Scott, say, hey, hey, whippersnapper, <laughs> let me drop some truth on you. What, yeah. what would you like to say to young Scott? I think I kind of said it, said it earlier. It's like, don't worry about what other people think. Like, Amen, just, brother. Do your own thing and make your own opportunities. Like, Don't yeah. wait for the, somebody to like, knock on the door. You got to do it yourself. Yeah. And, not ever knock on the door, but at least you're doing it for yourself and you're enjoying it. 
find something you actually love to do when you do it. That's great, man. I, I think too, there's a freedom with that too, right? Like kind of what you were saying with the act, with acting. You know, the difference between the acting and the writing is you just you have a little bit more say. You're able to, you know, put the pieces where you want. You know, you're not really beholden to somebody else giving you permission. I yeah. like that. Well, <laughs> yeah, just do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, you know, taking some time out today. Um, went a little bit longer than probably we, we anticipated, but um, it was great talking with you as always. Um, appreciate you coming out in here and sharing your insights and your perspective and your experience. Um, yeah, man. So, dear listeners, uh, you've been listening to Ruminations um, on Tony's Tall Tales, uh, brought to you by Ruminations Radio Network. If you enjoyed this show, please rate, review, subscribe um, on your favorite podcast platform. Um, and also, too, um, please visit us at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com for other great podcasts featuring some of um, your favorite subjects, such as uh, retro feature culture, <laughs> uh, horror, music, video games, and much, much more. Even the dogs. See, the, dog, the dogs are enjoying it, too. <laughs> but again, appreciate you all listening. Um, and then be safe out there. Take care of each other. Um, and we will catch you again on our next episode. Take care. Cheers. You know what they all say, fantasy football is like a box of chocolates. And I know you, you love fantasy football, and you love chocolates. Well, 25 Yards Later is a fantasy football podcast with top-notch analysis, earworm music, and plenty of laughs. Each week we dive deep into four games, putting every fantasy-relevant and occasionally fantasy-irrelevant player under a microscope. Block out all the haters with 25 Yards Later, available wherever you get your podcasts, but maybe not where you get your chocolates.